Session 5. The Four Gospels. When you are asked to give advice on or interpret a situation you have not been a part of or witnessed, what are some of the questions you need answers to before you give an answer? In this session, we will introduce and discuss these required questions and apply them to the four Gospels. Before doing so, however, an introduction to the topic of exegesis is necessary. The Four Gospels Learning to Ask the Right Questions Proper Bible study does exegesis, which means to read out of the text the meaning of the Scripture. The Bible was written many years ago and in different cultures from our own. Sometimes the meaning of the text is very straightforward and simple to understand. But many times, there is danger of reading a verse out of context because we do not understand or take into consideration the historical and cultural setting of the passage. There are many ways to do exegesis, but the following method was developed to provide an easy way to remember the most important questions to ask about your text. Who? This question reminds us that we need to identify both the persons speaking and the listeners. Who are the people involved in communication? If these are different from the author and the readers, then these must also be identified. Try to answer the question first from the biblical texts themselves, and secondarily from commentaries. Who are they, and how can they be described? The speaker-author's point of view. Read the chosen text and identify who is talking. It may be a narrator, and thus the only speaker-author is the author. There may be one or several people speaking. If so, describe each one. Most times, clues about the author are found in the first few verses of the book. Rarely are there any clear descriptions of the speakers or the author, so look between the lines for any clues. We can learn more about the speakers and author by looking at their choice and arrangement of words, treatment of the subject matter, use of evidence, argumentation, and control of emotion to see how the author-speaker tries to persuade his or her audience to believe something or believe it more profoundly. The listener-reader's point of view. Here, we focus on the audience. The type of audience affects the arguments, tone of voice, and word choices the speaker chooses to use. Different audiences can account for differences in style by the same author-speaker. Look for clues in the text that will tell you to what kind of audience the speaker's or author is talking. Cultural Considerations Sometimes the text and our own understanding of how things work are not enough. This is why we go to books which tell us what has been discovered about the general customs, authority structures, relationships, marriage, friendship, employment, and commerce, agricultural or urban, in the first century world. The combination of this data with actual descriptions of these things we have read in the text will give us a clearer picture of everyday life and the people we are trying to understand. What? What does the text say? Make a simple outline of the text or biblical passage you are studying. Identify the major events or points of teaching, and then list a couple of minor points that help describe the event or point of teaching. Identify the form and style of the writing or speaking. Is it a story? A warning? A lecture? A sermon? A poem? A hymn? Do not worry about using correct style terms at first. The important thing in your first look at the text is to identify what the author or speaker is trying to do. 
Consult commentaries for their description of the form or style of writing or speaking. Pick out two to three key words in your text and look them up in a biblical dictionary. Check a couple of commentaries for ideas on key words, as well as for studies on those words. How does the study of these words help you understand what the author or speaker is trying to say? Where? What is the geographical setting of the text? Look for clues in the sections right before and after your text for the geographical setting. Is a town or city name mentioned? Are there animals or crops talked about? Try to answer the question, how does this geographical setting affect how the people would have heard or read your text? Read the introductory sections to your specific book in study Bibles, commentaries, and New Testament introductions and find out if the author or audience would have been familiar with the geography of your text. How would they have understood the text from their geographical perspective? When Here we are not so much after a date as we are concerned about the historical setting and what the text came before or after. What was occurring in the world surrounding the text? Look for clues in the sections right before and after your text for the historical setting. Is a political or civil event mentioned? Is a ruler mentioned? Try to answer the question, how does this historical setting affect how the people would have heard or read your text? Read the introductory sections to your specific book in study Bibles, commentaries, and New Testament introductions, and find out if the author or audience would have been familiar with the history of your text. How would they have understood the text from their historical perspective? Why? The why question has three parts. Why did the speaker say what he or she did? Why did the author include this section in the book? Why is it important for us today? Step back mentally from the who, what, where, when, and why questions and answers and think about what you have learned in the process. What is the central point of the passage and why is it important in each of the three situations above? Follow these principles. In addition to the preceding five questions, other items are of importance in understanding and interpreting a biblical text. Always interpret a verse in agreement with its context. That is, the meaning of the part must be consistent with the whole. Words take on meanings in specific literary contexts. To illustrate, we need only think of the word cold. Does it refer to temperature, illness, or an emotional response? The literary context provides the answer. When interpreting a passage, consider the customs and events when it was written. Interpret a text in the light of its probable meaning for the persons to whom it was written. For example, in Matthew 18.20, two to three witnesses were required in court. Interpret a passage in the light of all other scripture. Do not use an obscure passage to disprove one with clear and obvious meaning and do not interpret a passage in such a way as to make it deny what we know to be true of God from other Scripture. For example, the interpretation of 1 Timothy 2.15 must be in light of John 3.16. Interpret a passage according to the best use of the original language. John 21.15-17 uses in Greek the two words philio, friendship love, and agapeo, committed love. Most of our English translations translate them all as love, which misses the point of the conversation between Jesus and Peter. Jesus asks his questions the first two times using agapeo and the last time using philio. 
Peter answers Jesus' questions all three times with filio. The point of the story was that Jesus gave up his stronger word agapeo and used Peter's word filio, questioning that Peter was even his friend. Is there a principle set forth in the passage? If there is a principle set forth in the passage, do not interpret or apply the passage in such a manner as to deny or reverse the principle. Interpret social teaching in line with doctrinal teaching in the text. Ephesians 5.21-28 has the principle stated. Gospel Discovery Matthew The Gospel of Matthew was one of the most loved gospels in the early church. Its teachings were seen as being normative for the Christian life. Reasons for its popularity included stress upon the connection between Jesus and Judaism, its teachings that were of value in early Christian training and teaching, and its comprehensive nature. It includes most of the information in Mark's Gospel, as well as a portion of the narrative sections of Luke. Matthew is usually characterized as a Jewish-Christian Gospel. It is symbolized in art and literature by a man or a man's face representing Christ's humanity. His human sympathy, wisdom, and character. An exploration of the who, what, where, when, and why questions reveals the following. Who. This question is not obvious in Scripture. Resources needed to explore. Author. Traditionally ascribed to Matthew, a disciple of Jesus, former tax collector, Jew. It is important to note that titles were only added to the Gospels in the second century based on traditions in the church. Titles were not part of the autographs or original documents. Audience Christian Jews in Syria, Diaspora Jews. Where? This question is not obvious in Scripture. Resources needed to explore. Author Antioch in Syria. Audience Syria. When? AD 60 through 70. Scholars commonly date Matthew after the fall of Jerusalem, 70 to 80s. Before the destruction of the Jewish temple in A.D. 70, if earlier dating is accepted. Written during the first Jewish rebellion and increasing tension between Rome and the Jewish people as well as between the Jews and Jewish Christians. If a later dating is accepted, the gospel is still often recognized as being set in a context of increasing tension between Jews and Jewish Christians. What? Jesus the Messiah is the fulfillment of prophecy. 122, 2, 15, 17, 23, 4, 14 through 16, 8, 17, 12, 17, 13, 35, 21, 4, 26, 53 through 54, 27, 9, 35. Jesus calls his audience to a type of higher righteousness as seen in the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 through 7, 5, 21 through 22. 27, 33, 38, and 43. Characteristics Jewish Christian, Systematic Arrangement, Gospel of the Kingdom, Church Gospel, Hebrew Poetic Form, Parallelism, Use of Old Testament Quotations. Why? To preserve traditions of what Jesus said and did. To show Jesus was the promised Messiah to stress the radical nature of moral transformation and obedience for followers of Christ, to encourage Christian Jews in the midst of Roman Jewish tensions, earlier dating, as well as Jewish Jewish Christian tensions. Mark, 
Many scholars view Mark as the earliest of the Gospels and as a source used by both Matthew and Luke. In terms of length, it is the shortest. It is the fast-action Gospel, which seems to want to get the facts down so they can be preserved and passed to the next generation. In art and literature, its symbol has been the lion, representing Christ's kingship as the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion is the symbol of royal authority and strength. Who? Author. According to tradition, Mark was a disciple of Peter, but not necessarily of Jesus because of his age. He wrote down Peter's recollections and was striving for accuracy. His version is not a strictly chronological narrative. Audience. Christian Gentiles and Jews in Rome, Diaspora Jews. Where? Author, Rome. Audience, Rome. When? Late 50s to 60s AD. Dating between AD 66 and 70 is common. Written before the destruction of Jerusalem and the Temple. Some scholars date Mark after the destruction of the Temple, 70s. Often seen as being written in the context of a life setting in Rome during Nero's persecution of Christians in the late 60s. What? Theme. Jesus the supernatural suffering servant. The conqueror. The supernatural nature of Jesus as the Son of God. 1. 24. 2. 5. 8-10. 3. 11. 5. 7. 26-27. 40-42. 6. 39-44. 47 through 48. Characteristics. Messianic secret, which means Jesus tried to keep his messiahship a secret until his death and resurrection. Realism. Action. Peter's influence, historical mode, vivid detail, little of Jesus' teachings, no genealogy or infancy stories. Jesus as son of man and son of God. A stress on the cross. Emphasis on the radical nature of discipleship. Why? To show Jesus as the supernatural Son of God. To stress Jesus' role as Son of Man. To preserve what Peter remembered of what Jesus said and did. To give an accurate account of the life of Jesus of Nazareth, who he was, and the impact he made on those who came in contact with him. To emphasize the cross. To depict the radical nature of discipleship that involves self-denial and suffering. Luke. The Gospel of Luke is Volume 1 of a two-volume work, Luke-Acts, which comprises a fourth of the New Testament. Both volumes are addressed to the same person, Theophilus, who is likely a patron or friend of Luke. The Gospel is unique in that it begins with a formal preface, 1, 1 1-4, as might be found in a Greco-Roman literary work of the period. The preface reads, Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, I too decided, after investigating everything carefully from the very first, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth about which you have been instructed. Luke is usually characterized as the Gentile Christian gospel concerned for the common person. In art and literature, it has been symbolized by the ox, the bull, or the calf. These represent Christ's patient work, service, and power. Who? Author. Luke, a traveling companion of Paul, a well-educated Gentile, a doctor, and close friend of Paul. He was with Paul near the end of his life. Audience. 
Gentile Christians Most Excellent Theophilus Luke's explanation of Jewish practices, geography, and the use of Greco-Roman names for places suggests this. Where? Author, Rome, especially if written during Paul's imprisonment there. Debated, Greece, Achaia, Caesarea, Alexandria. Audience, unknown. Could be Rome, Philippi, or Antioch, but author could have had a wider audience in mind. When? Late 50s to early 60s A.D. Many scholars date Luke later, commonly A.D. 80-85, because of the seeming dependence of Luke on Mark's chronology. Before the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in A.D. 70, earlier dating. Before the Jewish rebellion, A.D. 66-70, so relations between Gentiles and the Jews are fairly good. Christianity would still be considered a part of Judaism, and therefore treated as a religio licita, or legal religion. What? Theme. Jesus is the Son of Man. He is the universal Savior, not just the Jewish Messiah. Luke highlights social concern, concern for the poor. Individuals and women are highlighted along with a few more details of Jesus' childhood. The use of some medical and technical terms suggests Luke is a physician, although there is some debate as to whether the terms he uses are all that technical. Luke also emphasizes prayer and poetry. Luke's purpose. He wants Theophilus to know that faith in Jesus rests on historical facts that stand up under the most severe scrutiny and are founded on first-hand testimony. Why? To show the universal nature of God's dealings with the world. Jesus as Savior of the world. The events of the early life of Jesus and His mother, Mary. Special emphasis on the place of women in Jesus' ministry. The work of the Holy Spirit continues through Acts, which is the second volume of Luke's two-volume work on the beginnings of Christianity. John The most distinctive of the four Gospels is that of John. John is characterized as the theological or reflective Gospel because it tends to dwell on the meaning of Jesus' life and His divinity. This Gospel is symbolized in art and literature with an eagle. This symbolizes Christ's deity and His soaring heavenliness. Who? Author, John, the son of Zebedee, one of the twelve apostles. Modern scholars debate this on the basis that this author is too theological and mystical. The words of Jesus are not in the same order as the other Gospels, and his Christology is too well developed. Compare Paul's Christology, Romans 8, 31-39, Philippians 2, 1-11, which was written much earlier. Paul's Christology is every bit as developed as John's Gospel suggests. Audience Jewish and Gentile Christians in Asia Minor Where? Author Ephesus was John's headquarters in the last part of his life. But if the author is not John, his location could be anywhere outside of Palestine. Audience Asia Minor in the region around Ephesus and the area of the seven churches named in Revelation. When? A.D. 80-100 through 100, After the destruction of Jerusalem and the Temple There is tension between the Gentiles and Jews. There is tension between the Jews and Christians because the Christians include Gentiles in their community. The Jewish Council of Jamnia took place around this time in A.D. 90. It was at this council the Jewish leaders closed the Jewish canon, our Old Testament scriptures, in response to the rise of Jewish Christian literature. 
non-Christian Jews were distancing themselves from Christianity. The closing of the canon was to identify what was Jewish and what was heresy. John's reference to the synagogue of Satan in Revelation 2.9, as well as his use of the term the Jews to identify those against Jesus, and his emphasis on the Jews' unbelief, reflect the fact that Christianity was now seen as totally separate from Judaism. It should be mentioned that most scholars recognize a difference in authorship between the fourth gospel and Revelation. They choose to speak of a Johannian school in view of certain points of correspondence between these two documents. What? Theme. Jesus is the Son of God. Therefore, He is God incarnate and existed before creation. It is a theological gospel and reflects on the human Jesus, the pre-existence of Jesus, and the contrasts of light and darkness, life and death, belief and unbelief, and the generic adversaries of Jesus and the Christians are called the Jews, and sometimes the world. Purpose. He is writing in order that readers might believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing, have life in His name. John 20, 31. An alternate reading of this text stresses the idea of the readers continuing to believe that Jesus is the Christ. In this case, John writes to encourage believers to hold fast to their faith. Why? To emphasize the divine glory of Jesus. To describe the divine qualities and essence of Jesus. Jesus is a unique divine messenger. He is not just one of the prophets. He is God. Jesus is the answer to humanity's deepest needs. To indicate that ideas often relegated to the future, eternal life, 336, are experienced now in part, realized eschatology. To some degree, the future has broken into the present. Application Briefly answer the five hermeneutics questions for one passage of your choosing from each of the four Gospels listed below. Since we have just answered the questions relating to the whole book, concentrate specifically on the passages themselves. Also, consider what you think are the most important applications of these passages for our contemporary society and church. Matthew 1, 18-25 The angel announces Jesus' birth to Joseph. Matthew 2, 1-12 The wise men from the east. Matthew 5, 3-12 The Beatitudes. Matthew 6, 9-13, The Lord's Prayer. Matthew 28, 18-20, The Great Commission. Mark 13, 1-37, Signs of the End of the Age or Little Apocalypse. Mark 16, 15-18, The Great Commission. Luke 1, 5-25, The Announcement of John's Birth to Zechariah. Luke 1, 26-56, the announcement of Jesus' birth to Mary includes Magnificat of Mary. Luke 1, 57-80, birth of John the Baptist, includes the Benedictus of Zechariah. Luke 2, 1-20, birth of Jesus and the adoration by the shepherds. Luke 2, 21-38, circumcision and presentation of Jesus in the temple includes the Nuctimitus of Simeon. Luke 10, 25-37, the Parable of the Good Samaritan. Luke 15, 1-32. The Parables of the Lost Sheep, Lost Coin, Lost Son. Luke 24, 13-25. Jesus and the Two Disciples on the Road to Emmaus. 
John 1, 1-18 John's Prologue In the beginning was the Word John 3, 1-21 Jesus and Nicodemus and the new birth John 3, 16 John 4, 4-42 The Samaritan woman at the well John 11, 1-46 The raising of Lazarus from the dead John 13, 1-20 Jesus washes the disciples' feet John 14, 16-17, and 16, 12-15, The Promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus 17, 1-26, Jesus' High Priestly Prayer. The I Am passages, found in various places in John, 6, 35 and following, Bread of Life. 8, 12, Light of the World. 10, 7-9, Door, Sheepgate. 11, 25, Resurrection and the Life. 14.6. The Way, the Truth, and the Life. 15. 1-15. The Vine. Having surveyed the four Gospels in terms of who, what, where, when, and why, compare and contrast how each Gospel treats events during the last week of Jesus' life and His resurrection as listed below. Discuss the significance of the similarities and differences. How do they affect your understanding of Jesus? Sunday, the triumphal entry, Matthew 21, 1-11, Mark 11, 1-10, Luke 19, 29-44, John 12, 12-19. Monday, Jesus cleanses the temple, Matthew 21, 12-13, Mark 11, 15-18. Tuesday, Jesus teaches in the temple, Matthew 21, 23, through 2339 Mark 1127 through 1244 Luke 21 through 214 and Jesus anointed at Bethany Matthew 26 6 through 13 Mark 14 3 through 9 John 12 2 through 11 Wednesday the plot against Jesus Matthew 26 14 through 16 Mark 14 10 through 11 Luke 22 3 through 6 Thursday, The Last Supper, Matthew 26, 17-29, Mark 14, 12-25, Luke 22, 7-20, John 13, 1-38, and Gethsemane, Matthew 26, 36-46, Mark 14, 32-42, Luke 22, 40-46, and Jesus' arrest and trial, Matthew 26, 37 through 2726 Mark 1443 through 1515 Luke 2247 through 2325 John 182 through 1916 Friday Jesus crucifixion and death Matthew 27 27 through 56 Mark 15 16 through 41 Luke 23 26 through 49 John 19, 17-30 And Jesus' burial in Joseph's tomb Matthew 27, 57-66 Mark 15, 42-47 Luke 23, 50-56 John 19, 31-42 Sunday, the empty tomb at Jerusalem and other resurrection appearances Matthew 28, 1-8 Mark 16, 1-8 Luke 24, 1-10, John 20, 1-9.